Welcome to The Bent Times. I'm Matthew. And I'm Catherine. And now for something different. Today, we are joined by friend of the show and customer service guru at the Goulet Pen Company, Drew Brown. Whee! Hey! Yay, <laughs> Drew. Hey, Drew. Hello. Hey, Drew. How are you? I am awesome. I, You know what? I told myself I was going to say, hey, Kathy, but I didn't do it. I'm disappointed now. <laughs> Celebrity name. I know. You, you still said it, and it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but it didn't. Uh, dang it. Rewind. Hey, anyway. Drew. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> hey, hey Kathy, hey. There we go. Trade We're so glad right to right have now. you. I'm so super excited. There's a beautiful mix of nervousness and excitement right here. I'm a big fan of the show. Oh, thank Thank you. You You don't need to be nervous. You're a pro. You've got your own frequent YouTubing that you do. I'm I'm always a nervous wreck. Always a nervous wreck. Are you really? Are you? Oh my God! Yes, I'm. 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 I'm a. I'm a weird uh, introverted extrovert. I. I generally. I do not get any sort of recharge for being around people. I like being by myself, but yet, um, I get really excited when I'm around people too. So I, I don't really know. I guess I'm, I'm very people. similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can it's... all. We can all uh, completely identify with that. Yeah, my alone time is the thing that recharges me. But yet, yeah. you know, when I'm around people I love, I just I get really jazzed up, and you know, it's the same way at work. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be exhausting for you because you work with a lot of people. It really is. Like when I get home, my wife wants to decompress, tell me all about her day, and I'm just like, she's like, "How are your? How was your day?" I'm like, "No, it's fine. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done though. I'm good." <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I just want to do something else. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I think I both you. Matthew and I are, uh, at least for sure, me and probably mostly Matthew. People assume we're extroverts, but we're actually not. <laughs> Yeah, people assume the same way about me. So when I am having an off day, they're like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" I'm like, "Nothing. I'm just I'm neutral." Like, yeah. But neutral is weird for me sometimes. Yeah, just let sure. me be here and that, yeah. like, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> so we're all gonna nap after this episode. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm having my coffee early tonight. Do you drink coffee at night always? Yeah, I, every every time we put the, my six year old, almost seven year old, on Friday uh, down at eight o'clock every night, and then uh, I go downstairs, make a cup of coffee, we watch a movie or a TV show, and then my wife goes to bed, and I play video games until like midnight or one. Oh my nice. gosh! Nice. That's Not awesome. Much. I love that yeah. routine. So, what are you drinking? Um, I got this at Target. I don't know. I guess I was feeling um, like just buying from Minority Coffee Company. So I bought this uh, brand called Black & Bold, which is a black-owned company that Target started selling recently um, for for my ground beans. And then I bought a separate bag of whole bean by this company called City Girl. I don't know. It was, you know, uh, woman-owned. <laughs> so I was like, okay, sure. Take my money. Nice. It's fine. Cool. Not yeah. the best, not the worst. The uh, the Black & Bold stuff was weird, though. I don't normally buy, buy ground coffee, but since we've been working um, during the pandemic... All of the office coffee pots are pretty much off limits, so I'm bringing a giant Stanley thermos of coffee every morning, and I just use oh. my drip pot. I just use my drip pot for that, so I do buy ground for that. Um, and the black and bold coffee was ground to like a crazy fine. It was like Turkish mm. fine. It was like a powder. So it's it's mm. weird. It's not. It's too fine for a drip uh, pot. Does it so say anything on the package that it's ground no, no. super fine for any reason? Okay. No, it was kind of really odd. odd. Okay. Yeah, I need to like monitor it and stir it so I can get the get the water everywhere, but I'm not going to do that obviously. So is that that's impacted how you drink? Is that like changed a lot of things for you guys in terms of how you like collaborate and 
hang out together since the pandemic has affected. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's been crazy for three months. We were shut down totally. Um, 100%, not a single person in the office. Uh, they were able to pay everybody in full, no, uh, payoff induced, uh, it's not payoff. Uh, what am I talking about? Um, um, what did I say? Uh, uh, pandemic, re- pandemic induced layoffs. My God, payout. What am I talking about? <laughs> pandemic payoff induced. induced. Lay- I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about, but yeah, we didn't have to get rid of anybody due to the pandemic. You know, um, business stayed strong. Customers continued to support us, even though we were shut down. So when we opened back up, we had a, you know, Buku orders to ship out, but we recovered. Uh, we've got, you know, a little less than half the folks in the office now. I'm one of them. I'm much more effective in the office than I am remotely. Uh, but we've got all of our, our, all of our fulfillment folks there shipping orders. But my team, my customer care team, they're all remote. Um, Brian and Rachel still remote. Uh, most everybody. We've got the photographers on, well, one photographer on site. The other one is set up remotely. So, yeah, we're still, uh, it's, it's very different. But we've, we've adapted well, and so far it's worked out really, really well. It's been a bummer not seeing everybody. Are, are you guys rotating in and out at all? Like, you know, it's like, so you would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and then Tuesday, Thursday the next week, or is it? We started off doing something like that, but we kind of hit a routine where, you know, some folks are just sure. more comfortable at home or have a better setup, and then some folks just are, you know, more comfortable in the office. So we've settled into a pretty solid routine now, not much of a rotation anymore. Gotcha. Nice. I, I could relate to the coffee at work situation. We... We, I've started making my own coffee in my office as well for similar reasons. And we do have like a single serving pot thingy that it like we can still use, but it, it just tastes like burned and gross. So I bought an espresso virtual line and have been (laughs) using that, uh, since the pandemic and it's better. Yeah. I, I went through that phase, you know, uh, when I actually first started drinking coffee, it was at a, uh, I was working as an, as an administ- uh, administrative assistant at a maintenance department at a, a nonprofit uh, school, and the coffee they made there was like, just dirt, just dirt, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I drank it with a powdered creamer and everything, so I guess, I think that mm. because that was the coffee, since that was the coffee I started on, I really have no bottom limit to my drinkable coffee standards, like I, like this was, this was a, you know, nice ground french press that i just did so at night i'm like i take care of my coffee but whenever you know what i'll drink mcdonald's coffee and enjoy that just fine too i don't care <laughs> i can i don't discriminate I can see that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I i can't drink the like what comes out of the nestle automatic machines at work that's like my lower threshold i can't drink that stuff my lowest threshold is chick-fil-a coffee that stuff's garbage Oh, I've never had it. It's that bad, huh? Oh, it's heinous. I got one of their iced coffees one day, and it was like, and I love iced coffee. I mean, I, I prefer cold coffee anyway, but um, it is undrinkable. Yeah, it's it swill. I mean, yeah, it's rough. I was like, man, <laughs> you guys. And Chick-fil-A normally does things pretty well, but like, not Black that. No. no, Taco <laughs> Bell that. is better. Yeah. Taco Bell it is coffee? Yeah. They did. They actually stopped doing their breakfast thing uh, during the pandemic, which made me really sad. Their, their breakfast was actually pretty good. Their breakfast right? crunch wrap was whew, right. That thing was awesome. Yeah, my man it had a hash brown in it. What? Mm. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing I was yeah. missing out on, and I love no. Taco Bell. Oh <laughs> yeah, wrap a wrap a hash brown in a tortilla and sign me up oh. every day of the week. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> God, so good. I hope they bring it back. I know. Me I too. bet they won't. Probably not. They probably are. I feel like 
so many yeah. things that like changed are just never gonna go back to the way they were before. I tell you what, I'm 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 still never gonna shake people's hands. I hated shaking hands, and now I'm like I've finally got an excuse not to be weird about it. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I said that the other day at work. We um, one of the gen- we we work really closely with the local Air Force Base, and one of the 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 base commander, like the guy over the base you know, was at this event that I was at and, you know, and I said, Hey, how you doing, sir? And he's like, Oh, I'm doing pretty good. And he like gives me a fist bump. And I was like, at no time would I have ever thought it would be appropriate <laughs> to like fist bump, like the commander of an air force squadron, <laughs> like an entire base. Like, right. but now it's okay. And so I like, people are yeah. doing like the elbow, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh, just do like yeah. a little elbow or a fist bump. I'm like, yeah, I'm like fist bumping a general or whatever he is i don't know what they are there. <laughs> I, I haven't this. i haven't fist bumped a general lately so you got one on me yeah yeah you know so the best is when you're like 70 or 80 year old person you're fist bumping like blows it up and then looks at you for not blowing it up and you're like i <laughs> i am sorry happened? like yes many times oh my god all that's of wonderful. my patients in the hospital like i go in and i'm like it was nice to see you mr so-and-so you know if you need anything your nurse can give me a page like i'm just around the corner i'll see you later i go in for the fist bump and then they like and i'm like oh shoot i didn't know i was <laughs> that is awesome and they're old so much every time <laughs> oh my god that is amazing that makes yeah. me so yeah, happy i want, I want yeah, a fist bump and- with an 80 year old Honestly, a lot of them are like a lot of my patients like go for the they go for the elbow before I can get the fist bump in. And I'm like, oh, we're doing elbows. Okay, cool. Cool. But yeah, at least once or twice a day, somebody blows it up on me and then gets offended that I didn't blow it up with them. And they're like, can we do it again? And I'm like, sure. All right, Catherine, I think you found your next medical journal uh, article, you know, <laughs> get, get it fist bump, <laughs> get it started. You know how how to understand whether or not they're going to blow it up. I don't know. I don't know. Don't how know. how do I know? I tell you. We need to have like a like a sig- signal or something. Yeah, there needs to be like a there needs to be a signal. There you go. Like, yeah. These are the things I think about at work. Are like, is my patient going to be offended at my like lame ass Blowing fist up, bumps? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's amazing. And it's always the old ones. Always like that's really magical. old. It's wet. It's just it's wonderful. It's there are some weird joys in my job, and that is certainly one of them. <laughs> anyway, so what have you been up to? What have you guys been been doing? What's new? I need to make a Captain America birthday cake tomorrow night. So oh, wow! Trying to got to figure that out, and uh, yeah, um, at at work, you know, it's open enrollment, annual evaluations, so that that's. That's a thing. Those are always yeah. fun. So and you then, over you oversee some of that then with Goulet is like the open oh yeah. Well, I've got I've got I've, stuff. yeah. Well, no, not not so much benefits, but I've got uh, five folks under me, so I need to do their evaluation. Okay. We also do three sixties, so um, we do our peer okay. evaluations as well. I need to make sure they do their peer evaluations and get all That's that awesome. nice and buttoned up. Yep. And then every two years, uh, we do a comp study to make sure everybody's being paid fairly. Our HR director goes and. Make sure that you know within that specific field, the rates are competitive, if not a little bit higher. Obviously, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's so much like thought. Of course, because every time I've heard 
either you or Brian speak about like the way the company works. I'm not surprised that there is that much insight oh, and like level of thought put into it. That's but still that's just that's just on the surface. Like yeah, I. Y- You'd be amazed at the insane amount of kindness that the Goulet show to their uh, employees. It's it's disturbing how kind they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because you know I know that the Goulets, Brian and Rachel, are not. Um, they are no strangers to heartache of their own. They've been pretty open about some of their family struggles and stuff they've yeah, had over the years, open. and they've been pretty open about their journey to a debt-free lifestyle. And you know, I mean, I know like the the Aztecs were part of that for a while, and I bought you know, one there's of those. been a lot. I know, oh yeah. Gosh, and, did you? Um, I did. Such an <laughs> such an underrated car, by the way. Just <laughs> thank you. Just thank you. Such an underrated car, um, but. It's interesting because, um, you know, a lot of employers would say, oh, well, I've been sad about this thing or I've had this thing happen to me and then not pay that forward to their employees. But the but Brian and Rachel seem to be a little more understanding because they oh, have yeah. experienced stuff and they have been on this own, their own journey and they sort of see where people are. And I, I think it's I think it's interesting as, as a company that they meet their employees where they are and then as a member of the pen community, they sort of do the same thing. So they're, yeah. you know, Brian's been very involved in the pen community from day one. And I mean, it's, it's a brilliant marketing strategy because his, he's put his face out there, but it's also, um, shows a lot of care and attention to the, to the community from the people buying their first preppy to the people buying a $900 one of 88, you know, stipula. Yeah. We, we, we actually, so, we actually uh, sold one of those, uh, um, Owl Namiki Emperors today. I got to see one of those, the ones with the uh, the eggshell uh, owls. Oh Whoa. my god! Yeah. So yeah, preppy to those. But yeah, um, yeah, 2020 has definitely been a huge opportunity for the company. You know, all the leaders in the company to make sure that every team member is being mentally taken care of. And That's throughout awesome. the whole year, they've been making sure that everybody's taking time for themselves, despite how busy it might seem, despite how crazy things are. We've had a lot of folks go through some really tough times and. We're all there for each other. It's been it overall like you know the the work is great, but the culture is beyond phenomenal, and everybody wants to be there. Everybody is proud to be there, um, being a part of the culture of the company. And there's a massive support network, and uh, it's been a it, this year has been really put that to the test, you know. And, and you yeah. know, yeah, thank you for the kind words, Matthew. But uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a new challenge. You know, we we do take time to. Um, we even, we've read, you know, the languages of appreciation on how to make sure we appreciate our team members, making sure that, you know, we are recognizing them in the way that is the most valuable to them. But man, 2020 really is, uh, I don't think anybody was prepared on how to make sure our folks are taken care of in this insane environment. But uh, yeah, so far, so good. So far, so good. And yes, if the, if the company does well, the team members do well, like that's Brian Rachel's first thought It's like, okay, cool. Well, we had a good month. How can we, what can we do for our team? You know, it's just, that's so neat. It's I really cool. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> I, I hope I yeah. would. Well, that, and that's what I was saying. You know, mo- most most CEOs or, or owners would say, hey, you know, had a great month. There's an extra 10K in the bank. Like, we're getting a car. We're going on vacation. Or we're going right. to put a down payment on that beach house that we've been wanting. You know, I mean, it's it's interesting to see that sort of community of giving 
within yeah. within a company, especially a company as small as Goulet Pen Company. Yeah, they really. I mean, you guys in... are one of the larger pen companies, but in the grand scheme of things, you're still a relatively small organization. Yeah, we're definitely still a small business. Um, they re- they like to practice servant leadership, you know, and just you know the supportive right. the supportive leadership, which I really appreciate because I was never. Um, you know, when I got my first role as a manager in the company, I never thought of myself as a leader. I never thought of that I had those skill sets of telling people what to do and being confident about it because that's that's really not me. But through just talking with Brian and understanding my value and understanding, you know, well within the customer care environment, like we've got a lot of high feeling people, you know, and mm-hmm. high empathy people. And I actually, I can connect with that. And even though I might not be the, all right, everybody go here, do that. Like I'm not that type of leader. There are many, many different types of leadership and learning sure. that was one of the biggest lessons that I've ever had. I've been able to uh, learn in the last 10 years. That's I awesome. I think that's neat. You know, we, just, we talked with I want to make Mark. an, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was just to say, one of the first times I ever drove a car was in Aztec. So I, I approve of that message. <laughs> when, when, when mine eventually died, uh, I did keep the cooler that is also the center console. So oh, I still do God. I still do have my uh, Aztec cooler. <laughs> Those cars yeah. are so like ugly, but also... oh, they're so dumb. It's like a concept car that never got out of the concept phase. Yeah, I, I can't remember who uh, I can't remember who I talked to. You might have been there, Drew. Um, at the Atlanta Pen Show several several years several years ago, um, but I think it was I can't remember who it was that told us this, but the Aztecs came up and they mentioned that the Aztec. This is not a car podcast, so we're getting like way deep in the weeds on this, and I'm not going to apologize for it. But um, <laughs> it's apparently podcast, the right? the reason the Aztec sort of failed was that it sort of looked like an SUV, but apparently it was built on a minivan chassis, so it wasn't. Like it looked like an SUV, but it had the off-road capability of a minivan, which is basically <laughs> zero, right? So, oh which is why it failed because it was like the car that didn't know what it was. It had a cooler for an armrest, but oh. it was eight inches oh, off the ground. It was definitely you know, like, marketed as like an SUV. Off-road. You could, you could, yeah. it, it had its own Aztec branded tent you could put, you know, in the back. Right. Yeah, like, off, oh, it came yeah. off the back. Yeah, it was yeah. like the first car that did that. So, so basically, uh, a minivan that they said was uh, an off-road vehicle. Right, like go was, camping. Yeah, so apparently, with this apparently they built it on the because it, it was a Pontiac, right? So apparently yeah. they yes. built it on the Pontiac minivan oh chassis. My God. That's oh amazing. My gosh. So you basically drove a minivan, dude. Good for you. <laughs> I, I'll take it. I'll take. It. To me, it always would, looked like a oh, DeLorean I, SUV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would. Yes. Yeah, I would drive the heck out of a minivan. Oh, so. yeah, I don't. I don't. We've mind. actually been in this like weird conversation for. Um, it's kind of been ongoing for a while because the guy who designed the DeLorean designed this camera, this Nikon camera and this watch that, uh, is from the movie so, Alien. Oh, the, wa- the watch in Alien that Ripley wore, her, is the designer for that, um, Giorgetti Gijaro is, uh, it's an Italian it. designer. He probably butchered it. Um, Gijaro, 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 is that where we're at? Anyway. Rerudo. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> reminds me of rookie, rookie of the year. God knows her. Um, <laughs> Rosenbagger. Oh um, dude, not what I'm drinking. <gasps> my face is um, all hot now. <laughs> Drew passed out. Um, We've lost him. Anyway, yeah. So he he did the he's done some different designs and stuff. So yeah, we we've been. I'm I'm very like. 
very well aware of the uh, DeLorean design, and and I I would agree with that that the Aztec is is the DeLorean if a DeLorean was an SUV. Yeah. Yep. And I want a DeLorean. I can't even tell you how badly. Well, sell some furniture. You'll be in business. <laughs> yeah, I think Matthew found one that was like thirty thousand dollars on eBay, which you I thought get... they would go for more than that. Well, you, those are the old ones, and they're not like the most structurally sound, but they still manufacture no. them uh, like custom. Like you can still you can have one mm. built for you. Yeah, all the parts are still in a warehouse in Texas. Yeah, yeah, they'll they make they'll they'll make them for you in Texas. Yeah, he's absolutely right. All right, there we go. That's my uh, 10-year plan. Get a custom DeLorean made, and I'll drive it to Penjo's, because why go. not? Sell all your art, yeah. all your pens, all your furniture, have a nice empty house, but you'll have a badass 2021 DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll just save save all of my pennies. I'll, I'll talk to my financial planner and be like, retirement planning? Pfft. <laughs> We're putting that on hold. We're doing DeLorean saving Trust now. me. DeLorean's the way to go. It's the, it's the car of the future. Trust me. My poor it financial is. planner is going to be like, stop doing this. <laughs> I got yeah. a financial planner, though, y'all. We're trying to do this thing legit. Hey. Yeah, so that's what you've been up to. That's what um, I've been up to. No, I didn't. That's been a very small thing of what I've been doing. I've also been doing all sorts of other things, as have you. Mm-hmm. Buying We've film, been... shooting film. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all got some of that. Uh, um, what are the the mid the mid range cameras? What do you call those? Oh, medium format. Yeah, you go those. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Doing some medium format. Doing. Yeah. It's been that's been fun. Um, yeah. I took a break from film for a long time because there's nowhere in town here to get it developed or. Uh, do anything with it so I took a break from it and then mm-hmm. just dove back into it developing my own here at home so that's been fun. that's awesome that is really fun yeah. I remember taking photography in high school I still have my AE1 it was the one that my uh, dad took on his honeymoon so I guess it's from the late 70s um, nice. yeah. it, it's super fun I was just I was never really that good at it there's no time like the present <laughs> mm. it's a passion thing for me yeah. it's just because um, I shoot a lot of digital at work and right shooting digital at home, I found that I was taking all these pictures and they were never coming off the memory card or I dumped the memory card in some folder on my computer and they would just stay there. Um, because editing pictures at home, doing a digital workflow at home was identical to my digital workflow at work. And so at home, it just felt like I was working all the time. I just sitting in front of a computer. And, um, so shooting film is a little bit more of a thoughtful process for me. Well, it's kind of like mountain pens, right? Like, yeah, kind of, right. Like, like, yeah, it's like if you type something on the computer, yeah, you get the words down, but when you actually write them with a pen, it's completely different, and you take more time in the forming of the words, which is just yeah. like you. When you when you need to ad- make all the adjustments before you take your limited amount of photographs per roll, right. right. you take your time. You're more intentional about uh, what you're yeah. snapping. Right. Yeah, like one of my cameras gets uh, eight shots to a roll, and oh when my you're God. paying $15 for a roll of film, you're yeah. pretty careful about, you mm-hmm. know, pretty careful about what how you use it so um yeah and it's so true like we you know both of us i've shot some film in my life he's you know obviously shot a lot more film like it's just it's and it's not a surprising extension of like how our lives are such a blend of analog and digital right like we use this super technology 
in our day-to-day, right? But then at home, we listen to stuff on vinyl and we write with fountain pens and shoot on film. And it's just like this weird juxtaposition of like hearkening back to like this other time where things were more simple. But yet, like I use a mechanical keyboard and like everything technology at the same time. It's like a weird like duality that both of us tend to find. And you do that too because of your like 80s vibes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I love, like, I, you know, will play, you know, the Switch and the PS4, but then I will also go and play, you know, Mario 3. Like, it's like it's brand new, you know. In my mind, a, a good video game is a good video game forever, regardless sure. of how yeah. old it is. I mean. And you've been, res- like, restoring and modifying uh, older game systems, right? Yeah, that game was, a, that was a, uh, one of my, I mean, I, I started collecting coins when my grandfather died, but that really ramped up during COVID. But then what really ramped up during COVID was uh, the Game Boys. Like I had, you know, I was, I had a hobby of um, building these RetroPie computers to have all mm-hmm. the old school game emulators on them. And I'd give them to friends. I'd make little portable ones with screens and do the ones that plug up to the TV. But um, and then I also collected the old cartridges too, but pretty much I would collect the systems and the cartridges. Never really got into the handhelds until COVID. And then I was like, why don't I buy Game Boys? I should buy Game Boys. That's a good idea, Drew. And then I just started <laughs> and didn't stop. So not only did I start buying the Game Boys, but I would buy replacement shells, replacement buttons, replacement silicone pads for the buttons, you know, working on the boards, cleaning them, restoring them, reselling them, um, and then adding LCD screens to them, making them all, yeah, it's. I, I got a little little too much into the weeds there. But yeah, I'm just it's But and I like I think I saw at one point you had restored the L C D on one of them. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, well I mean you can buy them and you know, you can just break them down for parts and restore one that is missing this, but you have this other one that everything else was broken but that. You know, sure. just kind of like Franken Franken Game Boying them. But then you can also buy like, you know, little H D displays, you know, the full L C D color, backlit, all that good stuff. As well, That's you cool. can replace the speakers. You can add rechargeable batteries to them with an extra little board. It's it's a ton of fun. But uh, That's awesome, yeah, it's, man. it's just one of those rabbit holes. Yeah. What's a fun juxtaposition of the thing that you had when you were a kid, but now you're using sort of modern t- technology to revive those things and kind of revisit that in a little bit more modern way. It's really cool. Because oh, yeah, I will and- say, as, as, an, as, a, as a kid born in the 80s, having the original Game Boy Advance while I will argue to my death that it was the best form factor of any Game Boy that ever came out. The screen was a The uh, horizontal one? Yeah. I still think yeah. it was the best form factor. The SP yeah. felt cramped, but the, the original Advance was awesome, but the screen sucked. Yeah, that was the one I've modded the most, actually. I, I did add a, a backlit LCD to that one and a rechargeable battery. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good size. Mm-hmm. You two the, were born in the, the same year, factor. weren't you? 84. 80, 84. Yeah. Yep. Best year ever. Yep. I remember that because like a lot of things happened in 84, including you two being born. So it was a good year. <laughs> yeah. Back Wasn't to that the, enough? Uh, no. Karate Kid, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Beverly Hills Cop 1, Terminator 1, Footloose, Amadeus, uh, Van Halen 1984, the album, uh, the Ninja Turtles were came out with the first comic in '84. Transformers came out in '84. It was the best year. It was ever. a big year. <laughs> yeah, it was Final basically '84 was just like a huge rip in this in the space time continuum. It and is. Like Whenever people of, reference and the we '80s, all birthed. they always we go were all to '84. Birthed and then, 
Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. It explains why the two of you are a little quirky. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. It's okay. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's, but it's like, I think pen, this, this pen hobby accumulates people like us who are apt to fall down these very intense hobby holes, right? Like that have yeah. a lot of depth to them. We're never like surface level hobbyists in anything, I don't think. And I haven't met anyone in this hobby that is a surface level hobbyist in any other thing. Like we all just go, ooh, new hobby. And like mm-hmm. way down, you know? <laughs> which is which is why I, I you know, I, I didn't even think about it. But at the time I had um, replied to one of your Instagram comments about, and I was like, hey, what was your first collection? Didn't even think about maybe they didn't have a first collection. But then you commented on the show. I don't know why he just assumed we had collections, but here they are, you know? Yeah. Like, but it was just, <laughs> I, I, I assumed, but it's totally right. You know, I, I assume yeah. because I know I have in my past, but yeah, it's just, it's just a thing. I don't know. But that that's why I feel like, I can connect with just about anybody in this uh, community right. is because every yeah. like you 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 know throw a dart you're going to hit somebody with the same passion even if it's not the fountain pen passion there are these all these sub passions like the watches the knives I can get into just about any of that I'm not at all into cars or sports but if you talk long enough to me about them I could get I could at least yeah. totally get it yeah because yeah, there, we are all interest- deep into the niche you know. And there's always a, there's an interesting overlap of um, and I, I think it's interesting that you know you know in in the watches community you might get a little overlap with some other with some other communities. Same with knives, you know, knives. Oh, they might be a little bit into wallets or keychains or whatever. Um, but I haven't I haven't seen as much hobby overlap as I have in the fountain pen community. Um, and I don't know if it's because fountain pen users just tend to be a little bit more eclectic or like at the risk of sounding snobby, we just sort of look for not like the finer things, but like look for ways to kind of shake up our digital workflow, digital Mm -hmm. day. Um, but I do tend to find people that are into fountain pens are also into mechanical watches or like you said, knives or cars or, you know, film cameras, mechanical cam- mechanical things, you know, there's right. there's this sort of like love for mechanics and retro, like tactile. Yeah, getting your experience. hands on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And one of the best things about it is how freaking nice everybody is. And mm-hmm. yeah. I've worked I've worked in food service, I've worked in, you know, brick and mortar retail, I worked at Circuit City for 5 years when that was still a thing. And uh, telling you, you know, 10 years talking to Fountain Pen community members, it is a freaking blessing. Like, I don't even know how else to describe it, but the people that are engaged in this community are just some of the most phenomenal people you will ever have the opportunity to speak with, let alone serve. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, like, I uh, very sarcastically posted, I I look at real estate all the time, like, in cities I've been, cities I haven't been in, like just looking at houses and stuff. And there's this like $4 million gigantic estate in Asheville for sale right now. I think it's like $3.8 million. And I was like, we should all buy this and just have our pen shows here. Pen shows <laughs> in this mansion that served Eisenhower in the dining room. <laughs> like, I just can't wait to get everybody back in the same place and just like if we can't squeeze each other, I'll like virtually squeeze them all and be like, I missed your faces. Like, I don't know. I, it's just we have the coolest community. I agree. <laughs> buy a four million dollar mansion. We can each have our own individual pin show in various rooms throughout the mansion, and just like there we go, rotate. 
you know, yeah. oh, the ink swatching station is out on the veranda. I just need to make yeah. sure that if next time I fist bump Catherine, I need to know whether or not I'm going to blow it up. I need to <laughs> just, we'll need to right. just, just let me know what you expect so I can there meet your expectations. There needs to be like a face, like a face symbol or like a... I'm just going like to get a, a pin like that a, says, like, fist bump, blow it up or no, blow it up. don't blow it up. And, like, then I'll just have, like, everybody can wear the pins and then I'll just know. Right. <laughs> so practical. Everyone in the world can just mm. have one. <laughs> I love it. I recently yeah. saw I recently saw um, a, uh, an SNL skit about, um, you know, uh, couples spending their romantic evening at home on Zillow. I heard like, about this. I haven't seen it yet, though. You just made me think about it. Yeah, it was recently. It was the one that had uh, Daniel Levy hosting. Nice. That's I've awesome. heard I basically was the SNL skit, though. <laughs> I haven't watched wine. it yet. But, like, I'm like, we'll get the real estate. My mom yeah. and I will, like, send each other houses back and forth, and she'll be like, ooh, I love that, except what did they do to the bathroom? And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> like, ooh, so scandalous. I know. <laughs> Wallpaper in 2021? What were they thinking? Craziness. (laughs) Craziness. So um, what else have you guys been up to? I know, Matthew, you've been doing a lot of refining on your collection. I have. purging. I've been been purging. So um, I tend to do this. I tend to sort of collect in waves. um, And depending on what what I'm after or what I'm doing. And for me, you know, there's no brick and mortar pen store anywhere near me. Um, sure. I think the closest one is maybe like Trufe up in Greenville, but I know I've never been there, but I know they're relatively new and I don't even know that they've been open for the last, at least the last year or so. I'm not sure what their, what their situation's like, but um, so there's not really a, so in order for me to try a pen, I have to, now that pen shows are gone, I have to buy it. Um, right. And so sometimes I'll see a pen, I'll think, oh, maybe that's one I'd like to add to the collection. I pick it up use it for a little bit and de- you know decide, oh, it's not for me or it doesn't really fit with my aesthetic, doesn't fit my collection the way I want it to. Um, and so I sort of get a little bit like manic with collecting and I'll just go nuts and buy a bunch of something and then, mm-hmm. and then figure out what of those some things I love and then get rid of anything that I don't. And I'm very much like, there's no like lukewarm. Like if I buy something and I'm like, oh, I don't love it, it's gone. Like, there's no, like, I kind of like it, so maybe it'll stick around. It's like, nah, dude, like, I will Marie Kondo anything <laughs> that, like, if I don't love it, it's out. It's gone. So that That's healthy. Um, yeah. Have you been able to do that with your, uh, you know, hey, we're 36, you know, at, no, at, at some point you need to be able to do something like that with your friends and acquaintances too, right? Have you, how are you on, yeah, that, I, on um, that balance? Yeah, I am, I'm, I'm down to, like, Basically, I just stay home a lot by myself. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that works. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, like, you know, it gets to a point yeah. where you, you need to just, you know, you need to be able to say, you know what? This isn't worth my time. I don't care if you're a pen or a person. Like, I value my life and, you know, hey, yeah. you and I are not meant to yeah. be together. I have a few great friends here in town that I love dearly and I'm we're good. Like, <laughs> I don't collect. I definitely don't collect friends just because I don't have time. You know, you know how it is with kids. Like you barely have time to like bathe yourself, let alone your children, and then entertain friends. Man, I'm no, time God, for that. if, if and if all I my didn't friends have, my have wife, kids, so you know, my wife is yeah. my my link to any sort of social engagement. I have like one <laughs> friend from high school that sometimes I see, but he's incredibly low maintenance. Maintenance, and we're just like, hey, yeah, hey, video games, whatever. Okay, bye. Um, yeah. But yeah, my wife's into local uh, community theater, so 
we've got a lot of uh, that that circle of friends. So, um, yeah, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't talk to anybody. That's awesome. It's yeah. funny because like I have this deep connection and like frequent touch points with all these people in our pen community, and I'm like doing a lot of interaction through social media and through our various channels that people can get a hold of me and I feel like I have all these friends through our community but like in reality like reality world where I live like I don't see very many people <laughs> you're you're not alone you're not alone I like have virtual friends but like not a lot of IRL yeah and I think yeah. this whole COVID thing has kind of put a put a damper on on hangouts and stuff I mean my friends and I, you know, we used to get together. I'm I'm not a card player, like I'm not a poker person, but you know, we'd get together once a month and play like a poker game. It's like a ten dollar buy-in, right? Right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just real good at losing money when it comes to like gambling, and so, <laughs> um, you know, and so like, but even I mean, I would go do that because it was fun. It was camaraderie. Yeah. You know, I got to hang out with some friends, and you know, all that stuff's kind of gone away with COVID. So I think it's just. You know, um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's it's been interesting. So, but yeah, I've I've been purging a lot. How about you, Katie? What have you been doing? Uh, I purged a little bit. I am trying to listen to you and like the the voice in my head of being like, if you're not loving it, and you could find it a new home where it would be actually used and loved, like it's probably better off there. And like I think about all my pens, like sitting sad in their pen cases, being like. Mm-hmm never touch us why (laughs) and then i get all this guilt because i'm like i think you're beautiful i just you're not really my pen so i let a bunch go um recently and you drew actually said you know one of the people who got one of my pens and like it sounds like it went to the right home like oh yeah she's great she loves it i'm happy and like it makes me feel better to just sort of like get it out I guess and so I'm trying to just feel like settled with my collection and not go crazy granted I bought a Nakaya dorsal fin one in a discontinued finish like the blue ama Aero color and everybody was like I thought you were trying to be content and I'm like I am trying to be content but also Urushi so uh content looks so. like a lot of different things to a lot of different it, people yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to let people have the pieces in my collection I'm not, like, using and not reaching for all of the time. But, like, you know, it's kind of this fluidity in my collection. It's not quite as up and down as Matthew's is, but it's got some of that ebb and flow, like we all do, I think, as we refine, as we collect. Yeah, well, it's not about the number, necessarily. It's about, you know, the feeling you have toward them. You know, is this, Mm -hmm. you know, does this belong here, or am I not, am I kind of neutral toward this? Right. And it's not a, like, I was talking to somebody about, like, should I do a one in, one out? Like, that doesn't really work for me. Nah, so I don't, I can't do the one, but for me, it's, it's that my, my budget for hobbies, so fountain pens, um, watches, cameras, is fairly low. Like, it's a fixed budget. You know, I try not to go into debt over hobbies. Um, right. You know, if it's something I feel like I can make money on, like, you know, buy it and then maybe later on it'll be worth more than I paid for it or what I paid for it. You know, it's kind of a safe bet. You know, sometimes I'll go out on a limb a little bit. I really try not to get into debt over hobbies. And so, you know, for me, in order to switch up a hobby, um, so if I want a new camera, 
maybe I need, you know, oh, I want this $500 camera. Well, I've got this $500 pen that I'm not using. Those two things sort of cancel each other out. And as long as I'm not increasing my debt and if, you know, best case scenario, I'm actually like reducing some debt or whatever. For um, sure, yeah. I don't know. It's just for me, my budget is so small that I have to sort of sacrifice to, which is fine with me because it keeps me in check because if I had yeah. unlimited money or if I was real dumb, more dumb than I am, I'm not, <laughs> if I was more stupid with money than I already am, sure. I would just have closets full of shit everywhere and just owe every bank in the country thousands of dollars. Yeah. I would be terrible. Yeah, I, I have to check on myself. Porter's house. I do too. I have to. I have to just you know pretty much whenever I ask my wife, I'm like, you know, Shannon, I, I want to buy this 130 dollar raised bed right now, I for a garden I don't have. Can I can right. I, can I do it? And I know she's gonna say, I don't know if that's if now's the best time, but I need I just need to ask her so she can yeah. say, yes, Drew, you're right. That should not be done at this moment during a mortgage check. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, all right. It's good yeah. to have that that person that can check you and like I uh I definitely didn't appreciate it in a you know past time of my life but I'm at that point where I feel like emotionally and like financially confident and secure that it's like really nice to have friends in the community who could be like hmm do you need that do you need do you need that really expensive Wait. chair you have nowhere to put? Oh chair. Okay, sorry. I was about thought you were about talking about the fountain pen community because I know that they're Oh no, like, the fountain that... pen community is like buy the thing. Oh, oh the yeah, thing. they're terrible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're that terrible. <laughs> and usually it's like you buy it so I don't have to. Right. And I'll yes. live vicariously through you oh, and also it's terrible. be able to afford it. Oh, grocery. there's another two thousand dollar Nakaya. You should buy that cat. You should right? buy that. And I'm like, oh, stop, stop. I feel like <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. the last you, you, place. Yeah, you you brought up during a, like doing things during a mortgage check, and <laughs> I have since I was about nineteen years old, I have wanted a very specific camera, and I've never been able to afford one. I've wanted one, I just never justified it. I should have bought it like fifteen years ago when they were at their lowest price ever, but I didn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And probably when you had um, more disposable income, probably. But I yeah. <laughs> recently refinanced my house, and during the refi, I sort of decided I'm going to work really hard to afford this camera that I've been wanting. And one popped up at one point, and I thought, I'm going to get some money back from my old escrow account, so I can. So I was like, I'm going to borrow the money to buy this camera that I've wanted for all these years. And then I get this email from like a sign from like the mortgage gods i get this email from my like loan processor and she's like oh by the way your mortgage is in its final stages don't do anything with your credit like don't borrow don't buy don't what and i was like oh okay good because i was getting ready to like borrow a bunch of money that i really didn't need to and then the, oh. and the, the camera went away and now it's gone and it's fine oh. i feel good about it but i'm like you know it just didn't come at the right time but yeah. it's funny your, your wife mentioned like hey right in the middle of a mortgage inquiry we shouldn't be borrowing money for a raised bed yeah, I bought <laughs> I bought a, I, I bought an eight pack of grow uh, of grow bags instead. I'm I'm like, nice. that's my nice. I, I don't, I've never done any gardening at this house. We just moved in in July, but I'm like I'm gonna do a garden. Of course, now I'm down that rabbit hole watching. Grow? Man, I don't know. I've just been watching epic gardening YouTube videos constantly. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be some garden homesteading master, and it's just gonna be another thing. But of course, just I'm diving completely into it. Tomatoes yeah. are, are for summer, Catherine. I need to uh, for spring. We're looking at lettuces and things like that. Okay, so fine. Yeah, you're doing a multi-seasonal <laughs> garden. I get it. 
I pretty much only have summer here. I don't know. We just have like one chance and everything freezes. So like if you start too soon, it freezes. If you go too late, it freezes. So we pretty much just have tomato season. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. It's not relatable to me to have a multidimensional garden. I don't understand that concept. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm, like, of course, we're just going to dive in and be like, this is the thing. I bought a mechanical keyboard and now I'm like, yeah, my wife saw it coming. She's like, what do we watch? I'm like, a gardening video. She's like, oh, God. Okay. She's like, well, I was going to wait till Christmas to get you these, but I'm going to give them to you now. And she hands you the overalls. Yeah. <laughs> she should totally through. get you overalls. Oh, my God. She she feels very strongly about overalls. She would not buy me those. Even for yeah. the gardening? Oh, Especially no. for the gardening. No, she's very anti-overalls. That's okay. disappointing. She's anti a lot of things. It's one of the reasons we get along so well. <laughs> yeah, she She's keeps like, you in check. Otherwise, you'd have a closet full of overalls. No, we just complain <laughs> about things. So who would you punch in the face? Oh, well, let me get my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of punching in the face, that's also been one of my uh, weird rabbit holes. Not punching people in the faces, but serial Tell killers. Tell us more. Oh, Serial yes. killers. Yeah. I, I don't know what has happened to me, but I cannot stop. I Did you watch the reading? Night Stalker thing on Netflix? Ugh, it was so good. So, was so good. good. Yes. Yes. Matthew and so I watched it when he was one. here. Yeah. It was amazing. And he God. got me like addicted to this idea of like learning about serial killers. And so he was like, you need to know about the South Carolina serial killer yeah. Pee Wee Gaskins. Blah, blah, blah. The worst serial <laughs> killer of all time. But P.S., his book's been out of print for 20 years, and you can't get it, and they sell for $500 on eBay. Good luck. Tell me you didn't buy it. It wasn't $500, but I did buy it. Ah, okay, well, that's good. I'm going to have to sell it, though, because it was still it's like fascinating. Yeah, dollars. That Night Stalker documentary was really Amazing. good. Really terrible, and creepy. Well, like well that, filmed, too. That man was yeah. just an agent of chaos. Just oh, 100%. Like, I've never, like most, you know, the serial killers I've seen documentaries of had a pattern of some kind, a rhyme to their mm-hmm. madness. This guy was just sheer chaos and destruction. Yeah. And it was so weird, was too, because I don't get too worked up about, you know, people like, oh, I looked at that guy and, you know, I saw the devil or whatever. But, like, re- like when you look at that guy, like, his, I mean, he's like a shark, man. There was just nothing there. It's just a blank slate. No. Very weird. Empty. Super yeah. unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch uh, Mindhunter? No, it's on my I've list. I've seen the first season. Um, there's, what, two seasons of that now? Yeah, I think there's just two, and I don't know if they're going to make a third, which really sucks. Yeah, Did I they at least they weren't. Yeah, I need, to, I need to go back and rewatch season one and then maybe watch season two. So, Does it resolve in season two, or do they just leave it hanging, and now they're not going to finish it? Uh, well, I mean, each season is it's is contained in a way, but then of course there's kind of like a background story as well. Right. So the background story doesn't really get resolved, but like there there is a resolution to the to the foreground story. Right. <clears throat> the problem with with one hobby is it spawns other hobbies. Sure. But you know what? Anyway. I, I like who the best the best people are the passionate people, right? You know, and oh, I'm yeah. glad to be I'm glad to be one of them. I'm glad to be surrounded by them. And that's that's you know that's always you know what uh, I hire for too. Is like if you've got yeah. passion, if you can nerd out about something, then I got I can connect with you, and we we can take this somewhere because it's an it's an engine. And I think that if you're in a position where you can use that engine to you know either 
um, achieve success in your business or go home and then use that passion to just unwind. Because if you're mm-hmm. passionate about something, then that means that you can unwind more successfully, right? Mm-hmm. If we've, if you, yeah. even if you've got a dead end job, you can go home and what you can do at home, be it video games, knives, whatever, coins, fountain pens, serial killer documentaries, whatever. If you're super into it, you get more satisfaction out of it. And then you can yeah. go, you're just a happier person finding that passion. I wish everybody had it. Feel bad for people yeah. who don't. And that leads me into a question I wanted to know. What is it like doing pens as your day job working at Goulet? And like, how did you end up working at Goulet? I think if I remember from talking to you before, that's sort of your fountain pen origin story was coming yeah, on to Goulet. So tell yeah, me about very, that. Yeah, very, very much so. So the short version is that I've known Brian Goulet since we were in second grade together. So uh, oh, wow. I've known him pretty much all my life. I've got some really ha- horrible elementary school class photos of both of us. Um, oh my God. But, uh, <laughs> I need to see know, those someday if you ever find them. Oh, sure, sure. I've got them. But um, <laughs> high school, we didn't really hang out a lot. He had his shit together way more than I did. I was annoying and I tried way too hard to get people to like me and I was just awful. Anyway, um, Fast forward, I got married in 2008, and I saw that he was making wooden pens, both fountain pens and rollerballs, mostly rollerballs. So I was like, hey, Brian Goulet, I like him. Give him some business. So I bought two rollerballs for my groomsmen, my brothers. And then, you know, I invited him to the wedding, too, so he and Rachel came. And then I find out that he no longer is making pens, but he's retailing, and I'm working a horrible, horrible job at a foreclosure firm as a title examiner wanting to kill myself every day. Um, and this was during 2008, so homes were getting foreclosed. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So you were so, basically like the Grim Reaper. Oh, it was awful. It was the, the yeah. just just the freaking worst. So anyway, he needed some help. I'm like, God, yes, please. What are you doing? Garage <laughs> benefits? I don't care. Let me help you, please. Um, so uh, I went in, uh, every day. Um, I'd show up at his garage, and he'd lumber out of his house to his detached garage, unlock it for me, go back inside and, you know, get ready for the day. And I'd start working and, um, you know, uh, fast forward, you know, 10 years and here I am. Uh, we got a decent space now. But um, overall, that was when I got my first experience with a fountain pen. It was a Blue Lummy All-Star with a 1.1 nib. And uh, I had never written hmm. with fountain pens before. My mom had a calligraphy set that I'd play with every now and then. But uh, as soon as I used a fountain pen, I was like, what? And immediately after coming off of that awful foreclosure firm job where every single person in this ocean of cubicles used the same office supplies from the same office supply cabinet, just everybody doing the same, I just instantly realized if I had this, it would be my own pen, my own nib, my own ink. I would have a little bit of me that would have made the day so much more sane. I just instantly connected with that. And I was like, oh my God, I get it. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing. But the... I've always wondered, like, you know, as far as what it's like to work with fountain pens, being a nerd and being able to really get into a bunch of different stuff, I've always asked myself, like, Drew, how much would you be into fountain pens if it wasn't something you did every day for a decade? Um, And I don't know, because it's all, I've been doing it ever since, every single day, eight hours a day for, you know, it'll be 10 years in May. I'm like, what, what? how much do you really like them? I don't know, because it's just always been what I do. So um, yeah. I th- I do think that I probably would be, if I wasn't connected to Goulet at all, I'd probably be more of a collector than a user because I don't journal. Um, I take a lot of notes. I write down a lot of things. I do like writing letters, but I don't journal. So long form wouldn't be my thing, um, but I do like collecting crap. So I'm definitely into that. But um, it is something I'm insanely passionate about, but it is also a job. So um, 
you know, I'm only really educated about mostly the things we sell. So um, going outside of that and learning about Montblancs and stuff is a little bit of a challenge. You know, I do have a 149, so, you know, I got some experience on that. But um, that's been uh, interesting is branching out a little bit. But overall, you know, I couldn't have picked a more phenomenal uh, culture to be a part of both in the office and in the uh, Fountain Pen community. It's been just stellar. So like your collecting and your career have kind of gone in tandem. So you really stick mostly with what you guys sell? No, actually, um, not at all. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I trade a lot. I don't buy a okay. lot. Um, I acquire generally from within the company, but then I trade a lot. Like, so, um, golly, mo- I would say most of my pens we don't sell because I get to write with the stuff we sell a lot. Like, I do a ton okay. of pen testing and troubleshooting. I try to fix whatever I can. And um, so a lot of the stuff I acquire, you know, I have some gifts and then some things, I guess the things that attract me the most are the things that I don't get to handle a lot. Sure. So I, I do buy a lot or acquire a lot through trade of uh, stuff that we don't sell. That's I love that. Nice. You're totally like that picture of like all the whole field of red tulips and you're like the yellow one like you would totally in a normal office setting be like the quirky one with like a bobblehead and like the fountain pens and stuff i i i do have a dwight Schrute bobblehead on my desk yes (laughs) (laughs) we need to get matthew one of those as do i nice jonathan jonathan brooks gave me one for christmas oh nice never mind you two are basically (laughs) the same man i have that and then and then at one point like what like within the last year or so catherine gave me a dundee Oh, that's amazing. I got a Dundee Award. So What was the Dundee yeah. for? Best Doodler. Yep. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. right. Best I knew I made it something quirky and funny. Yeah. <laughs> got the got a Dundee. But yeah, like yeah. right now, um I don't have uh Oh, look at I that case. Keep, I, I only keep 3 pens inked up, but yeah, this one I have my um Brooks Abalone inked up here and I have Okay, my Lamy 2000 always, so we do carry that. And I've got a Platinum President that I have inked up right here. We don't carry that. Nice. And then I've got two uh, – I just keep these with me. I've got my Rickshaw um, Harris uh, two-pack oh, here. Oh, so good. And then I have, and then I have my uh, two Pilot Custom Impressions pens because these Beautiful. I'm just absolutely in love with. I need more of them. Those are older, right, the Custom yeah, they're, Impressions? Yeah, I, think, I yeah. think they're from like the late 90s. They're really yeah. cool. Did you design that koozie case you have there? Why, yes, I did, Catherine. Thank you for asking. It's so good. That is like Tron meets fountain pen heaven right there. That design you is amazing. You can get them at gouletpens.com exclusively. Yeah, we will um, link over to that because those I, things I, are, yeah. Thank you so much. I, I sent, The koozie case isn't available, um, but you can bug Mark Dwight about that if you want one. We sell the uh, we just sell the three, uh, the three koozie. Um, but I, I sent uh, Mark a picture of just some Google image because I'm like, I want I want a synthwave pen case. I sent it to him and I was like, Hey, can you make this? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. You own the you own this image, right? And I was like, No, found it on Google. And he's like, Yeah, I can't I can't do that, bro. I'm like, Oh right, I guess that does make sense. You can't really sell something you don't <laughs> own. So I just got into Photoshop and did my best. It looks, so amazing. It looks amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it it's looks super so cool. So Tron, like I don't know. I think it's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, I, think you I, did I, I had fun with, with it. That. Thank you. I love that you do such a varied, like, collection. I think that's neat. I guess I don't know what I would have expected, but I love that you have a lot of unique things. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
you know, just like anything, as long if it just needs to speak to you. I mean, granted, the company discount's good, you know, so I could more easily acquire stuff from the company at a you know better price. But I don't know. I've been into. I just I enjoy trading, and that's one thing I do miss about having everybody in the office. We would have you know uh, regular kind of trade-a-thons where we just kind of put everything out on a desk, say, hey, this is what I'm willing to part with. What you got? That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's how I got cool. the that's how I got the uh, president there. That was a office trade. That's awesome. That sounds like I'm a dream. jealous. Yeah. <laughs> if I did that at, if I did that at my work, I would end up giving up like a Pilot 823 for a pile of like melted Bix. cough drops <laughs> and a Pilot G2 with the clip broken off of it and like a half used stack of post-it notes, but the ones that alter like back and forth, they're supposed to go in one of the dispensers. Yep. Yeah. Be like, oh, that seems fair. Cool. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I'll I'm take like the red paper clip too. Convincing everyone at my workplace to join me in the fountain pen world, but they're still like f- confused by my fountain pen collecting generally. So <laughs> there's no trading at my job either. And you, yeah, you had no. all of your uh, you had all of your cool um, pen addict uh, loaner pens disappear too, didn't you? I did. I had to order yeah, they another. Can't, yeah, set. no, they can't be trusted. They can't be trusted. We're done with them. They're like, dead to us. Th- I'm yeah. in a corner office that only nope. like five people are in in the back of our department. Are they like coming to my office, assuming I have pens they can borrow, and then seeing Boo. the loaner and they're like, <laughs> click. Awful. And then Matthew had that one person that destroyed his uh what was it, a Brooks pen Oof. that uh Yeah, yeah. it was a yeah. Brooks pen. And we don't want to we don't want to um, talk about it. I tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No good. I think in another life I probably would have worked in a pen store. I mean, it just happened. It, it was it was like all it's 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 a completely different place than what I started off working at. It's I you can know, imagine, yeah. But mm-hmm. the but the thing was, like if you if you know Brian and Rachel, even when it was just a, a little thing in their garage like the two of them are so driven and you just mm-hmm. trust them and you just know that whatever it is they're going to figure it out and they're going to be good at it and that that's that's what i signed up for you know the pens were an added bonus and a tremendous vehicle for my own passions and i connected with it really effortlessly but um yeah i mean but their company could have been if it wasn't goulet pen it could have been you know goulet fertilizer company and like it would have been the same i mean you just would i mean like sure like you probably wouldn't have been as passionate about fertilizer probably not about pens but it but you know i think that goes back to just what a kind of a great company they are just in general and i I for one bought my first well my first fountain pen came from a store in charleston um but when i got into really into pens and into the fountain pen community um, I just remember on the old, old Goulet site, this is in probably 2011, 12. I don't know. Right I remember I they, they sold a kit that came with a preppy, some silicone grease, a little pack of O-rings, and like the instructions on how to eyedropper it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I think Brian had a video on YouTube of, of how to do it. And, and I bought that little kit and watch this video on. And I remember, you know, buying whatever ink it was that I bought at the time. And, you know, I droppered this, this preppy and like, you know, based on me as a total pen newbie, finding this great resource, you know, at the Mm -hmm. time, um, 
was such a cool thing. So, and, and it's, it's interesting that, and it's interesting, but unsurprising that Goulet has managed to push through you guys, you know, we talked to Mark at Rick Shaw and in, in a previous episode about how he was able to pivot during COVID and you guys seem like you were able to pivot during COVID, um, keep the doors open, keep people employed. And it's really cool. It's been interesting to see how the community, how the pen community, uh, which is already a pretty small niche community was able to survive COVID. You yeah. Know? Well, online retail in general did really well in 2020. Yeah. You know, it just, it's just, you know, it's almost bittersweet because there are a lot of brick and mortar stores, restaurants and things like that, that did not do well at all. So it's almost, right. you know, you, you almost feel bad. You know, I'm very lucky to right. have been in e-commerce during this year. Um, because that's where people were looking, you know, they were looking online to buy all the stuff in 2020. So uh, we were fortunate. Um, but you know, we're, we're aware of how fortunate we are and, you know, uh, best we can do is just take care of the folks we have so that, um, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to, to, to take care of the folks we have. And they're lucky enough to be at a place that, you know, was among the businesses that did well during the pandemic year. And I mean, I think it's because of their, and your community engagement and customer engagement and that like connection that you guys make, especially you, since you're like the face of a lot of the customer service for Goulet, like you guys make these touch points in the community that make people want to come back. Like my first fountain pen purchases and ink purchases were all, you know, Goulet as well. I bought, I bought into that Emerald of Shavor yeah, train, damn it. Well, yeah, you also, you've also got a Gen, Gen 1 Omniflex, so I'm sorry about that. Oh, I found Ooh, it a new home. Yeah. Somebody was really happy with it. They're not, they're not flex. They're just not flex, and that's, that's, it's that's not, the problem. And it's not anybody's fault, and everybody at Goulet was so kind about when that yeah, like, thing yeah. happened. And ultimately, I just found it a new home with somebody who put a Yovo number six in it and is like thrilled because yeah. it's a beautiful. Oh yeah, pen. well that's great. Yeah, absolutely. But you were right. Like you know, <laughs> no one, no one knew at the time what they were gonna be like. You know, but no. they sold like crazy. Everybody was so yeah. excited. It's such you know a non Ahab you know flex pen. Right. Uh, but mm. yeah, it's just that that feed just can't keep up. Nope. But you know, it's like I've never had anything that I've purchased from Goulet where I've been like, this is a disaster. Like, I, it's always mm. been so like thoughtful and the collection has always been so curated and there's always been this touch point and i've always enjoyed like seeing you guys talking on youtube and making that connection with the the customers and i think that's so huge in our community it's been a challenge this year you know our video uh production schedule has been so funky you know to the point where i was just like brian what do i what if i just start shooting some random videos on my desk with just my hands he's like okay yeah sure go for it so um, I've just been like unboxing random things. Like if it comes across my desk, cause I inspect anything that uh, is almost a completely new product. If it's like a color variation that goes to somebody else for inspection, but if it's like a brand new product, um, that produces a different writing experience, um, or has like something mechanically different that comes through me. So I'm like, all right, Hey, if I'm already looking through these, why don't I just shoot a quick unboxing video? And some of them have done really well. I mean, at least it's something, you know, it's something we can do. It's, you know, not the most polished thing in the world, but it's something, you know, and we're getting right. stuff out there. We're letting folks, you know, see what I see. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a pivot for sure. And in a way, it's lowering our own standards for ourselves and our production quality. But at the same time, hey, it's 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 COVID. We're doing what we yeah, can. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a top five or like a favorite fountain pen? Um, I mean, I love my 2000. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, so that that I'm always reaching for that. I actually, let me see. I think that. 
I bought this from uh, Atlanta. It's a um, Franklin Christoph wax canvas nice. kind of traveler's, traveler's notebook deal. Do you put those um, Goulet refills in there, those good, good Goulet refills? Uh, I think I have one of them in here, and then I have a traveler's folder that I kind of chopped up, and then I have mm -hmm. the Franklin Christoph thing that came in it. I've got a bunch of random crap in here. That's um, nice. So I've been using that Brooks Abalone a lot just because I really like the nib on that. It's very, very smooth. And that custom impressions that I had, the uh, there's two of them. There's the smaller custom impressions, and then there's the LE, which has a flat top. And like you guys, I'm more of a fan of the Pro Gear than I am the 1911. I like myself a flat top. Um, so mm -hmm. this this one is one of my very favorites. It's a uh, it's an ebonite pen with like these little green highlights in it. So I really love that um, custom impressions LE, and then um, I have a Pilot Custom 912 um, that uh, was actually was actually a gift, um, and it has a uh, an FA nib on there. I replaced the feed with one from Flexible Nib Factory, so it can actually keep nice. up with the flow. Nice. And the the nib itself though was an ultra extra fine grind done by I think Gina while uh, she was working um, over with Modishaw. And uh, it also has uh, added flex to it. So what ha what they did was they literally thinned out the metal to make it more bouncy. Mm -hmm. They didn't they didn't narrow the nib, which I've seen done. Like Bender will do something mm -hmm. where he narrows the nib. They actually thinned it out from the underside. So if you look at the mm -hmm. underside, it's like just all the all the um it's all worn away. It's just like you know yellow gold under there, and it bounces and it's so so extra fine. Matthew would love it. Uh, and then oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems right <laughs> up my alley. Oh, it's like a knife blade, man, right up your alley. Uh, yes. But I, lo I love that thing. It's a load of fun. That's awesome. Just give yeah. me some onion skin paper and let me cut it all to pieces. <laughs> you like it because of the nib and the writing experience? Just, just the nib. The pen itself is boring as hell. Like, I actually, uh, I reached out to DeWalker recently about uh, getting a quote on just, I just wanted Urushi. Not not mm. a lot of, not nothing crazy. I just wanted, like, blacker, red lacquer. Just something mm -hmm. to sure. strengthen it, make it look a little just because you know resin something. gets all those little micro scratches all over it yeah. like it's one of my favorite pens i just want it to look like a favorite pen yeah. so that one will probably be the first thing i ever get customer rushied yeah you'll love it welcome to you'll the dark hole no we'll see we'll see if i could make one suggestion on the arushi if, if you're going to do it i know you just want to do something simple black or red I would suggest doing a, like a two-color Arushi. So mm -hmm. do like red with black on top, and then wherever, wherever he sands it, the red will peek through. Yes, um, I love that. Or black with red on top so that the black would peek through, whichever Good one. Call. But if you're going to do it, like it, it, DeWalker probably won't charge you a whole lot more one way or the other. If you start getting into Rodin or, you know, a Fade Ishime, or Ishime yeah. um, yeah. or something, it's going to get a little bit more expensive. But... If you just do the two colors, it's it's about the same amount of work. He'll probably just charge cool. you a little bit more for material. But I mean, keep it as it's your pen, so keep it as simple as you want. But I think with Arushi, it really pops if you can kind of see those edges. It really kind of just gives it that little, and it can be subtle. You know, it could be black on blue where you barely see it, or black on Which is green. What you know, your prospector is black on yeah. blue. Yeah, and there's my just this black on blue. tiny bit of blue that peeks through, and it's so cool. Yeah, you yeah, barely notice that. it, and it just really is like a nice, subtle detail to the pen that you, you sort of catch just in the right light. You're absolutely right. Whenever I think of a Rushi, I think of that, like where you, it peeks yep. out of the threads, around the edges. That's like, yep. oh, yeah, beautiful. I'm, I think that'll be really exciting if you're able to uh, figure that out logistically and everything. I, I, I will. It's just, it's so tough for me. You know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's like... I, if I have that amount of money, I could also just buy a pen. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough. It's the same, same reason I haven't gotten any tattoos. It's like, okay, I would rather just, can, can I just buy some other stuff? Like I, what I need is a tattoo mm-hmm. gift card. Like someone just needs to say, hey, here's two grand. Get yourself some ink. I'm like, okay, great. I would love to do that. But if you just give me two grand in cash, I'm like, no, I'm going to get something yeah. else. That's right. a big tattoo for $2,000, Drew. Well, You're that's gonna the only sleeve? thing I would want. Uh, yes, I want uh-huh. a full, full, full sleeve of Disney characters. Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood would be the largest. Yes. I've got it all planned nice. out. I know exactly what wait, I'm doing. Wait, Robin Hood, the fox Robin Hood? Yes, the fox, like, of course. Okay. That's the okay. correct response. Yes. That's the correct Who am I? <laughs> I mean, just making sure. Some schmuck. I don't know if put Costner on your arm. It's definitely hard <laughs> to like prioritize when you're like, I could have a new pen. But like for us, like both Matthew and I just got our Bocamundos back. Um, the ones that we sent like last summer that took Wait, forever what? to find their way to Japan. I've, you've, yeah, we you've got... given us updates on like how lost these things were. That's fantastic. So they were, they took oh, like back. what, six weeks to get to Japan. And then it took her a while to do them because they were very involved and she was really busy. And then once they finished, they went to CY, who did nib work for us on all of them. And then they came back to us. So we got them like just Oh, wait, so before. these weren't the ones that got lost. These are the they ones are the that ones got lost. Oh, they are. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They came back to us. It took longer than six weeks to get to Japan, though. They took six months? weeks to get, like, yeah, it was, it was at least to two LA. But they So yeah. they finally came back to us. In the end of January, and it was Matthew had the Mont Blanc 146, and I had the Newton Prospector and the Sailor 1911. And it was like, you know, it's hard to want to spend that much money on decorating pens when you could, like you said, buy a pen. But like, for me... The prospector, for example, that I had done was not inexpensive, but to get an equivalent platinum or Nakaya, I'd be looking at like three grand, which. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like to find the equivalent pen is a lot more expensive to find any pen would be less expensive, but like to find an equivalent Rushi or Rodden work, you know, like I think that's the reason I don't have the um, Namiki shooting star. It's because, like, every time I see the price of it, I just, like, throw up in my mouth a little bit and cry. Because <laughs> I think it's, yeah, like, $2,500. Yeah, yeah, it's close to three. I think I, I think with it. the recent price hikes and stuff, I think it's probably closer to three if you find one new. That makes me want to throw up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah, that's, like, half of what I owe on my car loan. Nice. <laughs> Have you bought any yeah. cars since... Uh... Last uh, podcast, Matthew? <laughs> no, no. I'm hanging on to this one for at least a couple more weeks. <laughs> I mean, I can't find an Aztec. If I could find an Aztec, oh, okay. I'd, I'd swap it I out. I got you. So. <laughs> been on... It's last podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's so true. It's I'm so terrible true, at, I'm terrible at cars. I know. I was talking to my dad recently, and somehow my, the car situation came up, and I just mentioned... Something about switching cars. I was like, yeah. I was like, I know I switch cars a lot. And he goes, yeah, you do. Probably too much. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you don't pay my bills, so slow your roll. It's fine. Everything's like, fine. Yeah. I don't even know what Come you're on, Dad. About. It's fine. Yeah. It's Leave fine. me alone, Dad. You don't understand. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. You don't get me. It's, everything yeah. is fine. But, I mean, I get that. Like, I think... You know, taking a pen, though, and turning it into exactly what you want it to be is cool in its own way, too. 
and it's a neat way to invest in your collection if you have no intention of ever like selling it yeah especially if it's like that's one of my favorite pens i just want the 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 barrel to match the performance and you know what that's That's the bummer, you know, with, with Japanese pens, un- unless you're Sailor, because Sailor's really kind of figuring out how to make things have some pizzazz to it. But generally right. speaking, you know, your your average, you know, mass-produced Japanese pens do not have the flair of Italian pens, but they have right. the they have the predictability and the writing performance, whereas the Italian pens generally do not. So yeah. um, that's the you, thing, you know. So you, it's it's interesting you bring that up, and not to I mean I kind of want to be like diplomatic in the way that I say this, but it's like the Italian pens would be a little more flamboyant and the Japanese pens would not be because there's like this, you know, more of this kind of this idea of utility, right? For mm-hmm. Japanese pens, they're very mm-hmm. much, you know, like the Japanese pens are very much used for, you know, kanji characters or whatever. They are designed for writing and that they're a tool and that's what they're used for. Whereas Italian stuff, you know, it tends to be more of like the gift thing, right? It's like more of, it's more of the like um, opulence and the shows, you know, a, a, like a love for nicer things and whatnot. Well, yeah, so I mean, just look at the look at the look at the cars they produce in those respective countries. Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, ver- yeah. Like, look at it like an Alfa Romeo versus like a Nissan. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's you know. So, I think it's interesting, yeah, it's and I think the ability to like jazz them up and take a boring pen that writes beautifully and make it something you love is is a cool thing that we have available to us, and we're really lucky mm-hmm. to have, you know, DeWalker yeah. now stateside as well as Brooks who can do Arushi, which is super fun. Um, you don't even have to deal with That's international really cool. mail if you don't want to. <laughs> right, international right. mail. That was the store in Mallrats that. Uh, Ben Affleck's character worked at, right? No, that was mail. the fashionable mail. Never mind. Uh, the oh, fashionable okay. mail, not international uh, mail. For some reason, it. that made me think of that. I, I need to watch more that rats that's again. where your brain went. Like, I know. That's... What's wrong with me? No, nothing. There's wrong always with a you. there's always a movie reference, you know, to oh, be made. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah, between the two of you, you guys are such movie buffs. I feel like. Are you are you are you a fan of The Office, Drew? Are you a big big Office fan? So I, was t- so I was talking. To, I didn't know how I, huge I, I, of an I, I, office fan. I would fan. be willing to bet that right now in my home, it's playing somewhere. Okay, <laughs> like, so my wife so, listens to the office like normal people listen to the radio. Nice. Okay, so nice. same. So we uh, they just announced in our local paper today that we're getting a Burlington um, in our town, which we have a really Coke small factory. town. It says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cannot see a Burlington sign without thinking of the episode in The Office where Michael mm-hmm. goes the and gets the coat. huge fur coat and they throw yep. the blood all yeah. over him. You go into Burlington <laughs> Coat Factory with how many dollars? They, they treat you like a king or something. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but I love it. He's like, you don't ever put something on credit if you don't have like the check, like the paycheck in hand or whatever. But Life yeah, so there's, like Michael I said, Scott. there's always like a reference. To, there's always a movie reference or a show reference to be made. So oh, you weren't off. You weren't far off. Absolutely. Have you guys decided what what sitcom is going to be next for the character Carrie? We don't. We so we've gotten lots of great suggestions, but the problem is like we have not both watched a lot of the same things. Right. We may do some mm. movies, um, mm-hmm. but one of the suggestions that I've gotten multiple times has been Shit's Creek, which I haven't seen yet. Same. Um, have you? And so we may yeah, watch. That I'm, I'm, I'm caught then, up on that one. That that's pretty phenomenal. Now, uh, well, yeah, that that would that one would be pretty cool. 
I, I think we're going to have to watch do movies yeah. until we can catch up on like the same yeah. other sitcoms because it's it's not easy. Because I uh, until I started being really good friends with Matthew, uh, had a quite the aversion to comedy. Yeah, and you're a horror girl. I still am a horror girl. I mean, obviously, I've moved into serial killers. We are just taking fiction and making it real life. Um, Unicorns and serial killers. It's. I should write a book. Uh, Not really. (laughs) I something. I need a coffee mug that says "unicorns and serial killers." Oh my god, I'm gonna get that for work. Add (laughs) moment. Let me just write that down. But um, unicorns and serial killers. But it's true. Like I just didn't really watch that kind of stuff. So it's been. It's been. Like, the reason I watch The Office is because Matthew literally constantly is referencing it and was mm-hmm. like, what have you been doing with your life? Like, why? Why? <laughs> she had never seen it. Well, I'm not Ever. a huge comedy person either, like, with movies. But if it's quality comedy and it's rewatchable comedy, like, that's gold. That can be phenomenal. Yeah. But, like, um, I, I, I really love 80s comedies. I don't know. I, modern comedies I'm not usually in love with. They seem a little formulaic. Um, yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. I will I, I, for as many times as I've seen Ghostbusters, it makes me laugh every single every time. time. Oh yeah, because yes. Ghostbusters so, is one of those movies where it's not it, it's it's for everybody. Yes, um, mm-hmm. it's 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 not just a comedy. So I don't know if I know the both of you and we all three really love eighties movies uh, mm. and eighties everything. I mean, we as much as I was actually born in nineteen ninety. So those of you who are wondering how old you I am, that's I that's know. that's that's no, I, I consider that still On the eighties because of the eighties. Well, I still consider it the eighties because the eighties didn't really start until like eighty three. Just look at the sideburns. Yeah. You know, we still had seventies mm-hmm. sideburns in like eighty two. So I think the eighties kind of went into like ninety two. Really, I mean, I was conceived in the eighties. That counts. So, uh, I mean, you but, go, go watch the original Ninja Turtles movie and tell me that's not the 80s because that was in 1990. Right. Oh, and so many yeah. of like these like classic like 90, 91, 92 movies are totally 80s movies. But mm-hmm. what I, where I was going with that is like I, you know, grew up in the 90s. My parents obviously raised me on 80s movies and I love them. And so for me, something about I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the movies in the 80s are overdubbed too much. Like with the sound effects, mm-hmm. and I find the sound of Vankman rubbing his hands on the cards in the library at the beginning that are covered in slime so satisfying. Like you'll have to watch like the intro to Ghostbusters and like listen to the sounds. Oh, the sound, I don't need to. It's it's there. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. so the sounds of paper and the sounds of people talking and, and writing. I've always had this m- in my mind, a notebook should sound a certain way because of how it was mm-hmm. dubbed in 80s movies, which is not how they sound in real life, except Tomoe River does. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> wet 68 gram Tomoe River that's dried especially has this sound that reminds me of 80s movies. I love the beginning of Ghostbusters, the sounds. It's like, <sighs> I love they had <laughs> They had copper pipes behind those card catalogs that they blew into to make the cards shoot out Did the top. Did they? Mm-hmm. God, That's cool. I love the practical effects of 80s movies. And when, when Venkman, right after that, gets one of the uh, cards stuck to his foot and he kicks yeah. it off and goes, da! That was improv. That really happened. <laughs> That's amazing. I know too much That's, about that movie. It's genius it's it's genius oh, oh yes oh you are correct i still have yeah. a seven foot tall vigo the carpathian in my attic right now that i couldn't find a place for in my current home 
Is he like wow. a model or like like a flat cardboard, cardboard? or like a? No, he's uh he's vinyl wrapped around uh, four inch foam insulation, so he looks like uh, canvas. He sounds like I wouldn't want that in my attic. I think I'd be afraid of him. Yeah, I'd be afraid <laughs> to do that sometimes. That's fun. I mean, I I like see, I think it sounds amazing, but I also would be like terrified to have Vigo in my house in any capacity because like that shit's haunted. <laughs> You're like the buzzing of flies to him. Yeah. <laughs> such such a good fun. sequel. Anyway, yeah. So we should probably cut this off because otherwise we're just going to ramble about 80s movies for the rest of the night. But thank you so much for coming and joining oh, us no, on The Bent Times, Drew. It's been such a blast. Yeah, it has. Where it has can they so find fun. you? Where can the people find you? Well, you can always email me at drew.brown at gouletpens.com or I am on Instagram at DCB, D-E-E-S-E-E-B-E-E. It's my initials. And Matthew, where can people find you? At heymatthew.com. Soon to be also at The Bent Tines on Instagram. Check out that. We're going to be having a dedicated show, Instagram, finally. And you can find me online at InkyCatWrites and InkyCatWrites.com. And you can find the podcast at The Bent Times on Instagram and BentTimes.com. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Later. <laughs>